Hey everybody, Zach and Jason here. <laughs> Look, we had 32 minutes of, of great stuff for you. Uh, and what happened, Jason? What happened? Oh, uh, I pulled a, I pulled a, a Gen Z, I think. Okay, yeah, let's blame Gen Z. Let's scapegoat Gen Z. <laughs> we uh, we had I, 32 I minutes. A, I pulled a boomer, maybe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's maybe that's a more it. move. Uh, we had 32 minutes of gold that uh, is now lost like tears in rain. Jason, <sighs> let's re try to recapture the magic, even though it's a futile man I, I, endeavor. This this is this is a bad one, uh, and I do take responsibility. I, Honestly, but we're gonna like, we're gonna roll it with it. We're yeah. we're warmed up now. We've been talking. <laughs> we've been already talking for about thirty two minutes. I didn't hit the record button. We had some. We've got ten minutes. Very. Of it. Uh, we were getting to some like really uh, weighty topics. Kind of. Man, it's it's almost like I wonder if there was a. With what we were talking about, I wonder if there's some sort of. Uh, conspiracy going on. That shut it off. Maybe yeah, you I'd... conspired against yourself to yeah. properly record the <laughs> the podcast. Look, these things happen, folks. Uh, it won't be the first. The, well, it's the first time. It won't be the last time right. this has happened. But anyway, we're here. Everything in we life are. is a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. We'll chalk it up to learning. We're learning. So we're what... learning how frustrating it can be to lose all these right scintillating you know conversations. But look at this, though. Look at the way that we're reacting to it. And this kind of correlates into what we've been talking about that nobody has heard. What are we talking about? What have we <laughs> well, been we, talking about? We've been about? talking about so much. But uh, the funny thing about it is, yeah, we we made a mistake. And no, you made a mistake. I made a mistake, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, we, we started the podcast. It was going You started great. the podcast. It was going amazing. I sit here and I wait for my cue. You queue. sit here in your shitty chair. Yeah, I see. That I you see complain it about decaying all the time. chair. Yeah. So, anyway, the queue. We were we were talking about a lot of different stuff, and it where was, did we leave it off? It was great. <sighs> we were talking about well, first off, the the catalyst for the last about ten minutes was the new um oh god, what's his fucking name? The the country song guy, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean, a guy I've right. never heard of before, and I I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Either side, either way, if you really care about this and you don't even listen to country music, go fuck yourself. Go go listen cares? to NWA. Go listen to I NWA. Do. Yeah. Um I I don't care if uh you know You know how many years some I started sort of secret pizzas, uh, hang listening to that? uh black people message in the song. So what? Is that what's in there? I don't know. I actually well, haven't no, the seen whole, it. The whole I guess the whole thing behind it is the the music video is like they're in front of um, a town hall or some old building, some old white building. Okay. And so and apparently there was a lynching in that building. So therefore it's a it's we wanna not in a not in a small town is code for, you know, kill black people, whatever. Oh. I don't I don't know. I, I like I said, I haven't seen it. I haven't uh, listened to it. I don't know anything about it other than the fact that uh you know when you stop and think about it Give me a square foot of anywhere in this country where somebody hasn't died or been killed. I mean, like when mm -hmm. you stop and think about back in the old West days, how many lynchings were there? 
As you said you earlier, know. Cowboys and Indians days. I did say Cowboys and Indians That era days. of history known as Cowboys and uh, The history books refer to as back in that <laughs> Cowboys in cow- and Indians Well, you remember days. as a kid, we used to play Cowboys and Indians. No, and I didn't. Then, well, uh, we did. I mean, I'm from South Dakota. I didn't even know what an Indian was. You I knew didn't? what Native Americans were, sir. Oh, my goodness. Indians were across the ocean. <laughs> You're right. You're in right. The, yes. In the land of enchantment. Yes. The land of enchantment, uh-huh. and the funny thing is, I actually have Native American blood in me too. But oh, I, don't don't it's, tell it's people not, that. Well, it's not enough to consider right. anything. I'm just a mutt, like pretty much every other guy in t- in this whole country. Right. But one thing that we were talking about as well uh, that I I find interesting is that I recently heard that we're five minutes in, by the way. <laughs> yes, I've got know. that five minutes right. Okay, over here checking too. our time. It's recording. Okay, yeah. you sure? Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, and that's yeah no, uh, but uh, well, wonderfully though we do have the first ten minutes actually on video, yeah. Uh-huh. So we can uh, we can we can leak that ten minutes to, you know, some 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 of our our favorite listeners. Yeah, and they'll be they'll be like, boy, I they're gonna sure be like, wish man, I could this hear sounds the rest like of it's that. gonna be a good one. Yeah, and then you get back on and you're like, oh. Hey, by the way, guys, Jason fucked it all up, so we're just going to talk about bullshit now. Yeah. Well. I already got off subject again. My mind is We don't have a subject, man. The subject (laughs) is uh, fuck-ups. How to move on from your fuck-ups. And and the beauty of it, too, is what we were talking about has to correlate with this, too. Mm -hmm. The way that we are reacting to this screw-up is with humor. It's it's okay. Shit happens. Uh-huh. We're gonna move on. It's we're not, not gonna okay. let it ruin our days. I'll let we're it not, ruin We're my not day. gonna let it do anything negative. Why are you saying this we shit? Because I talk for you all the time. I know. Yeah. And and, and who wants to agree? And who wants to listen to a podcast where two assholes agree with each other the whole time? I mean, come on, that'd be boring. well true. But we don't have to. Uh, oh wait, that's not true. Yes, we do. We don't have Point, to counterpoint. You we ing- don't have to agree, Jason. You ignorant slut. That's me. Don't slut praise me. Don't be an attention whore, Jason. Yes, I am. Yeah. So is everybody in our industry, really. I mean, you yourself said that you and one of our coworkers were just talking about that yesterday, about how our work doesn't end. We pretty much have to mm-hmm. go home and jump up Type on in. our Look at me, look at me, phones. look what I did. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me. Give me a gold then, star. Give me a heart. Give me a laugh yeah. emoji. Give me this. Give me that. Yeah. But that's like everything Give me now. attention. It's Give everything. me compliments. I want my compliments I now. Want my compliments. Where are they? Where are my compliments? We would do the complimenting here. Mm-hmm. Slap. I saw a guy with a. Where uh, we're going, we won't need. I saw a guy with a Hitler mustache at, at the store the other day. Was he a black guy? No, he was white. But only old. black guys are allowed. Michael Jordan was the only one allowed to. Do he had Hitler. one. He had a Hitler mustache. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's funny. That's part of the reparations yeah. in this country. Is I know every a time black I do man a can have the Hitler accent, mustache, that's all I and, think. and it, we have to look the other way. Mm. And Michael Jackson did that for a lot of Hanes commercials. We all had to be very mature and hmm. not notice that thin little fascist facial hair. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. My mind didn't notice that. You should look it up. Yeah, Michael just Jordan like, had just some like what strange... my mind does notice are the chemtrails in the air. 
Oh, we're going back to that. How people in France don't get chemtrails, only as cool-ass Americans get chemtrails. Yeah. yeah, just America has chemtrails, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really... now. Why I can't I smoke country? inside the diner when those airplanes can let off all that smoke mm-hmm. and chemicals and whatever they got in there? Whatever can't even doing. smoke in a movie theater. Otherwise, there might be a fire. You can't even put a cigarette out in a kid's eye without <laughs> people getting all up in arms. Dude, I remember when I worked at Arby's over on Edgewood Road, there was those little teeny tin cigarette ashtrays. What do you think happened to all those um, ashtrays? And the, like the, I want to know what happened to the company. Did they go under that made those ashtrays? Well, they, pro- they probably went on to make the plexiglass barriers at, you know cash registers and at least the ashtrays were useful yeah <laughs> those those plexiglass barriers between you and the bank teller you know i thought of an, nothing well, quick Maybe question it's a sneeze quick question if you were when you if you died right now and you were cremated how many ashtrays could you fill up do you think how big is the ashtray are we talking about those little ones at restaurants Let's say a standard glass, like living room. You know, so probably about strength. four four inches in uh, mm-hmm. diameter, about a half an inch deep. I would say that uh, I don't know. I'm not very tall. Um, I mean, those urns are pretty big. No, I don't think. I I think that uh, you'd probably fill up like maybe eight to ten of them. Eight to ten ashtrays. Mm. We need one of our listeners who's good at math. I might be to figure this out because it. now this is will be. Well, I mean, nothing, when you stop and think about it, think like about an urn is actually only about a foot tall. But they're pretty wide, aren't they? They pretty. Oh, they can they can bowl. Yeah, they kind of bellow out. But they they fill up out. what at least halfway. I think half to like three fourths, probably. I'm halfway. just sitting here thinking about my dog's ashes that's upstairs right now on the on the mantle, mm-hmm. and it's just a baggie of ashes inside this urn, and the urn is only about this big, and this dog was probably about seventy pounds. You haven't spread them out into the nah, sea. I don't know, man. I kind of. What What would you do? Would you spread your animal's ashes out? I mean, I'd more likely get my dog taxidermied than. <laughs> but yeah, you know that's people, interesting. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if we all just adopted the whole Egyptian thing and mummified our family members and kept them with us? I worry about that shit, man, because, you know, all the rituals they did, all the things you had to do to carry your soul on into the afterlife going through the river sticks, and you have to have this doodad, and you have to have, you know, your brain sucked out through your nostrils, whatever the fuck. There was a lot of stuff right. to it. But I do often worry about, you know, is there something that we should be doing, some ritual we should be doing to carry our soul into the next life? Um, that's one reason. So you I, think they might have had something? They were onto something? Probably. I I don't know. There are so many different um, rituals in in all the cultures throughout history. I don't think what we have now is right. I mean, I know for certain the um, the industry. The post-death industry is fucked, and it's designed to just basically, you know, get money out of grieving family members. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that the whole uh, the whole um, process of um, what 
filling him with formaldehyde and putting all that creepy makeup on and ma basically making you, you know, presentable for your last party, essentially. Yeah, I don't want that. And then those, like, stupid coffins with the the cloth and the pillows and, and the brass um, handles. handles. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Just put me in a pine box, something that can deteriorate. And just let me fucking become part so of the So, you know, earth. they they do have a thing that uh, is actually a biodegradable urn. Yeah. That has tree seeds on top of it. Mm -hmm. So you can actually be planted in the earth, and a tree will grow. I think cemeteries there. should be gardens. I, Honestly, I don't think cemeteries should exist. I do not want to have a tombstone. I, I do worry about having, like, my soul tied to that, like— if you have a tombstone, a monument there, I think, I worry that your soul could be bound to it. So it's like the radical roadkill that we were revisiting, Good and plug. we will revisit uh, that Good in segue. another episode. But uh, if you had listened to, I think it was session number four when we were talking about radical roadkill, uh, all of these characters, Zach has made a backstory for them where... They are actually tied to where they pretty much died. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is you feel like you might be tied to a specific plot, like a burial plot. That's kind of what I worry about. You know, I don't necessarily— So you don't think it would be where you die? You think it would be where your body would be I buried? think if you have a, a, a burial and a, and a carving of your name sketched in stone, and that's where, everybody, that's where you're laid to rest. That's mm -hmm. what they say. You're laid to rest there. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you could be off doing whatever? I mean, it's not, it doesn't, it's something that I think about when I'm at cemeteries and whatnot. Um, Have you it, seen the TV show Ghosts? Uh, we watched a little bit of that. It is hilarious, but it it is like that. Yeah. If you have, if you died in a certain area, you're restricted to, I, I don't know, it, it's like, a hundred feet around that area or something. Cause yeah. they, they go for walks outside too. So, but there was one ghost that was restricted to a vehicle because oh. she had died in a car accident in a vehicle. Let's start. Uh, I, I hate thinking about this shit. Yeah. Let's not talk about this anymore, but uh, I, I do have to say, I disagree with the fact, and this might be a, a comment that people are going to not care for, but I don't think that we should have, uh, cemeteries i think most people are with you on that i think if there is a cemetery it, sh it should be like out in the country in some area and maybe this is maybe just some sort of a uh business-minded thing in my head but i'm sitting here thinking the corner of blair's ferry and center point road over here uh, at the edge of Her uh, hiawatha you've got this whole area of land that would be great for a better business mm -hmm. but it's just People that died how many years ago? Well, how about this, man? I mean, um, that place is full. You can't even put new pe new people in there. I mean, how about this, man? Nobody really wants to go to a cemetery right. to visit their loved one's plot because it's all very, like, you know, if you're genuinely grieving, yes, it's good to have a place to go right. and speak. A but visual. A lot of people, it's, it's an obligation. It's not that fun. It's, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I'm to be buried in a cemetery, turn, turn my cemetery... Turn my plot into part of a putt-putt golf course. 
Oh, that'd be fun. Or part of an amusement park. Imagine if your soul is tied to this place, wouldn't you want to be in a place where like your family wants to be there mm-hmm. and you can have fun and it like every time you see them, it's like not this um fucking mournful constant mourning, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're dead, blah, blah, blah. You want to see them, you want them to have a reason to come back. You want to see them with smiles on their faces. Why not? Like, turn my fucking um uh plot of land, put the put the ninth hole there and have yeah. like an alligator's head and the the mouth closing you could have my tombstone showing on the inside like if i got i don't mind if i got eaten by an alligator goddamn right that's what i want to happen yeah i want to be part of a putt-putt golf course where the hole i'm on the the ninth hole and um yeah i want a castle with like a dragon like blowing fire out of it like Mm -hmm. up on top of it and a drawbridge that comes down like it's down and you got to putt through that, mm-hmm. like, and just time it just right because the drawbridge keeps going up and down. Yeah, that would be where I would want to be. But I seriously think any any that shit needs to be like out in the country, you know, somewhere in some land that you can go to, and if that's where you want to go, put the the dead bodies. But I've actually told all my kids, hey, I want to be cremated. I want you guys to take my my ashes. Honestly, realistically, I'm not going to know any different. I'm not going to care. I'm mm-hmm. dead. But I think that it would be a nice experience for you as children to go ahead and, because we've always traveled. Traveling is one of the things that I've done extensively with my family. Take me down, you know, drive down Route 66, mm-hmm. you know, hit Pacific Coast Highway in California, fly out to Hawaii. You know, I mean, I, I, I've i got like a $300,000 life insurance policy. Take the money, go to Hawaii, spread my ashes in the ocean. I don't know if it's legal. I don't care. I know I my kids would. do that shit all the time. Dude, my kids wouldn't give a shit either. They'd I be think, like, yeah, if it's illegal, it, I think it's that. one of those things people don't really. Yeah. The cop's not going to, you know. Now I just see Zach Galifianakis <laughs> carrying around a coffee can of his dad from uh, the movie Due Date. Okay, see, I think Big Lebowski. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Spread the ashes and they hit the dude's face. Yeah. Um oh, dude, that's a funny movie. Um that's a funny The dude movie. thinks it's coffee and he drinks it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh no, it, it is interesting that I'm you still thinking I'm, the, I'm mourning the loss of our half hour. Sorry. The <laughs> Where should that where should that pass. episode be buried? It'll pass. Man, it, it does. I do have to apologize to everybody. Man, we had some good stuff in there, and I don't even, you know, my mind, I just say stuff and then it is out, and I almost forget what I've said and everything. But um, I kind of want to skip that part. Okay. Skip to the end. I, I like the idea that you, maybe the, the our, our forefathers, our, our ancient relatives of uh, the Egyptian pyramids and stuff like that, maybe they had something. Maybe they did by by removing all of the different uh, parts of the body and mm-hmm. stuff. You get you might have something there, and and it all boils are, down to where did they come from? Aliens, Stargate, Stargate's one of my favorite movies. And with all of, movies where it's like great in the first half and then kind of peters off in the well, second they half. had to put a romance in there. They had no, to, they I had to like. I think it comes down to what the what's on the other side of the portal is the oh. disappointing part. Yeah. Have you watched the show? No, I I can't get I can't watch that guy without thinking about MacGyver. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And so it, sometimes actors just ruin it for me by taking on other roles. You're very sensitive to that. You get very like fixed opinions right away. Yeah. Well, who was that actor you were talking about just the other day? And it was like you saw him in one movie and you didn't like him in that movie and now you don't like him in anything else. Well, I mean, we all know that Tom Cruise is not my favorite uh, actor, but I like a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Sure. Um, similar with Will Ferrell. I don't think Will Ferrell as a person by himself is that funny, but I love his roles. In a no, lot that's of not what I'm talking movies. about. Like Danny DeVito is one. Oh, that I you can't get. stand him. That's like, come on, man. I, I think it boils, it, it goes back to my childhood, which was another thing that we were talking about is, uh, you know, periods of time that we grew up and everything, but. You keep trying to, I'm trying to, to bring back this that in. 30 minutes. You're I'm not going to bring it back, it. man. That's, ve- that's, man, that's reaching. It, it is. That, w- but... that was what era would you want to grow up in uh-huh. of history? Yeah. And somehow tying that to Danny DeVito, not liking <laughs> Danny DeVito on Taxi when you were a kid. Be- because, no, I, I liked Taxi. But you I hated liked Danny his character. Was... I liked his character in that. Oh. It was the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. I didn't like it because I was a huge Schwarzenegger fan. I went through probably, probably six months to a year where all I wore were camouflage pants because of like shows like Rambo and Commando, uh, Predator, all of that stuff. I wanted to be like like that sort of guy, you know. I wanted to really? be like a like a sharpshooter. Did you do you a know? lot of like pumping iron? No, I didn't really lift any weights or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was just a kid that wanted to be Okay, like, so you were like a kid kid. Oh, I'm I'm talking like fifth grade, sixth grade. Oh, I thought grade. I was imagining like, I don't know. Well, I guess yeah, you would have been Probably even old. Be, Yeah, no, it, it was like very young child. Okay, I was, that that makes sense. Playing yeah. my GI Joes, like I would pretend I had like a Rambo toy. Mm-hmm. You know. I was imagining much older and like trying to be Oh, no, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger and no. Stallone. No, but uh I I loved uh I loved those movies when I was a kid, the sure. Predator movies and all of that stuff. And it was, I was a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was just like, I like, I like all of his movies. Then Twins came out. And he was this happy all the time. Hey, we are brothers. You know, like, like, uh, that was a terrible, like, that sounded like Borat. But you know what I mean? He was like, hey, we're, we're, we're happy. We're good people. Mm-hmm. And then you got DeVito like, eh, fuck the world, man. I'm in jail. He's such a little fucking gross guy in that movie. Right. And I think that that's probably where I just became, oh, gross, Danny DeVito. And then he played the Penguin in Batman, which he did a great job looking back at it. Mm -hmm. But But it hit a little too hard back then? When I was a kid, I was like, Mm. oh, he's so gross. Like, ew. Yeah, he scared me. Um, Oh, I Yeah. I had nightmares. That part about where he bit one. off the dude's nose, mm-hmm. he just lays into him. That scared me. Now, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, on the other hand, I had different si- types of dreams about her wearing her suit. Uh huh. Catwoman. And when the whip going, hey, Batman. <laughs> I don't think she quite talked like that. No, you, was you were so- Catwoman. Oh, in your I dreams. Know. You were no. wearing the suit. You were Selena oh, Kyle. I was trying to seduce Batman. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Licking his face. Mm-mm. Having some milk. I would be more like licking my paw and then checking my hair or something. Right. Where's the uh, Where's the gender swapped cat? Where's the cat man? <laughs> and this guy in a crop top, in a stitched crop top, going, 
hey, Batman. <laughs> I'm down I, at the I, club. I'm just, I'm just picturing like the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Carrey as the Riddler, like going into, you know, like a, a gay bar in the 90s. And See, that's the thing. It, like, it would be perfect. It would fit so well. The problem is they, they, they always... I would support it. I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, sure. dude. But the problem is they always tout like a big game when it comes to being inclusive, but they never they never go far enough to make it interesting. Like, uh, yeah, let's see a gay Batman, like an actual gay Batman, not like a, you know, like where you had the Robin and the tights or whatever. And You know who would be a good... Uh good one to be into a role like that how about you? james bond oh well, like a gay james bond yeah a gay bond yeah that would be actually pretty cool i think james gay yeah i would watch that you know the funny thing is though when you stop and think about how times have changed too you have movies back in the 80s that there was always almost always some sort of like a, a frontal nudity or something like that You've got the James Bond movies where he was always the womanizing type. You regret never guy. seeing Schwarzenegger's little Schwarzenegger? <laughs> no. Uh, actually, you did see it, didn't you, in uh, the first Terminator? <laughs> or was it just him, like, standing up naked? I think you see him from the back. Yeah. You don't see full frontal in, in Terminator, <laughs> Jason. I can't remember. It's been so Which long. movie was it did you see full frontal? I I, I don't know. But There's been so many. <laughs> everything. I saw that home movie you just made the other day by yourself. Or I was like, Jason is gay for like. <laughs> no, I don't I was, know. I was making is. great jokes about Jason being Catman. Yeah. Hey, whatever, you know. Whatever makes you happy in life, that's what you got to do. That's true. It's yeah. true. Happiness which is, is Which like, is something that we were talking you about. Can't spell, about you can't spell ago. happiness without a penis. Oh, well, hey. I don't know. What? <laughs> that does not yeah. spell right. That's like spelled wrong. You switch the E and the I around. Anyways. Anyway, what was this? What was this going back to the, th- <laughs> the lost, lost 30 me. minutes? I, you lost me, man. It's so easy to get you off track. It is. You know what? All, you gotta, is what all I got to do is saying. like put Schwarzenegger naked in your mind. And, you just and then go, I'm just like, then I started thinking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, we had such a deep conversation yeah, and now and it's the, just and ruined. now it's just yeah. I had this great thing. On, People are like, "Man, I'm listening to this podcast. These guys are kind of funny, but it really sucks that I didn't hear the serious shit that they were talking about. So I'm not going to listen anymore. Maybe it's a blessing. Maybe people don't want to hear that. I don't know. You know, it, it did get a little deep, and maybe they they don't. Yeah, maybe we should <sighs> keep it on the shallow end. Yeah, because our audience they're not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Probably not if they're liking us. But hey, maybe they are. I don't know. Shout out to everybody that's actually listening and paying attention. I didn't mean we do actually that. appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I, I I can't apologize enough. But it is a, it is what it is. And you know what? We're dealing with it very very poorly. <laughs> We're going through the seven stages. So speaking of seven stages. This is a good segue, too, because I had a an idea that I wanted to talk about that I didn't agree with that I had seen online. And it's odd that you said seven stages because I looked up different themes of art the other day. Because we, we talk about painting, we talk about drawing, we talk about tattooing and everything like that. 
And I wanted to know what type of art other than tattooing do you appreciate the most? And so I was looking up different types of art Mm -hmm. because everything can be considered art in my mind. But online, I find that they say that there are only seven types of art. They are painting, sculpture, literature, architecture, theater, film, and music. Okay. All right. Now, granted, all of these could be subdivided. Mm -hmm. But where would drawing fall? Read them off again real quick. Painting, sculpture, literature, architecture, theater, film, and music. Painting would just be an umbrella for anything. So you think anything like that. creative that we do artistically with with our hands on on paper, on canvas, on skin. Look, not what, to be what about too, whittling? Not to be too pretentious here, but I, I guess whittling would be often sculpture. use the quote from um oh, what's his name? Oh, the the Campbell soup guy. I'm I'm losing his name now. Andy Warhol. Warhol. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Art is anything you can get away with," and I agree with that, especially when you look at the modern art bullshit that he peddled back then. Right. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I would go to this Cedar Rapids Art Museum, and you know, it'd be for like, there was one course, summer course I took on like cartooning and you know, drawing comic strips. And then there was another on general art, and we there was a lot of talk about Grant Wood because you know he's yeah, a big Cedar Rapids guy, obviously. But at the end uh, of of that one, there was you know a tour through like whatever galleries they had back in the day, and um, it was all it was all just bullshit. It was all just black paint thrown on a big thirty square foot canvas that anybody could do that took no discernible skill. And um, it uh, sickened me, you know. What sickens me about that sort of thing is when it's called abstract art. Mm-hmm. To me, that takes no talent. It's you're you're just splatter painting. I think there's you know, a it, line. It to me there there's a huge difference between somebody that just splatter paints, mm-hmm. and then somebody like you know our friend Dan Ranshaw that makes our shirts. He's a fine art print or, or like a fine art painter. Mm-hmm. He does like those intricate like pheasants and hunting dogs and scenery things. To be able to replicate that with paint, mm-hmm. to me, is amazing. Well, does he have a a very um, sexy, tortured backstory like Jackson Pollock, who just throws? I don't know. Paint on a canvas? You know Jackson Pollock, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know what uh, his background is. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's probably like an ex-military guy, to be honest. I me. think that's where a lot of the, the abstraction comes from. It's not necessarily the art itself, but the message it's conveying and the artist that's conveying it. Mm. Um, and that's where it can get a little up its own ass and be kind of alienating and inaccessible to most people. Um, I mean, this is all these stuff, obviously, the stuff that's been talked about a lot you know it's it's well-worn territory but i can't appreciate abstract art it's kind of just one of those things that's on a case-by-case basis um i have seen stuff that 
anybody could do. Now, the other side of it is anybody could do it, but somebody did it. Mm-hmm. And that does have merit in its own way. Right. And I've learned to appreciate it, even though when I was a kid, you know, yeah, it didn't take any technical skill. But, you know, anybody can say, oh, I could do that. But you don't have the evidence of that. Somebody does. Somebody sure. does have the evidence of this action taking place to make this effect, these colors on this medium, um, be it, um, you know, uh, a Drew Struzan um, poster for like Star Wars, you know, a commercial work of art, or, you know, a guy taking a crucifix and putting it in a jar of urine, you know. I don't find that artistic. I find it obviously offensive. Well, that's the art of it, but though. But it's, it, mean, that's, that's what the, that's what the, the art shock value it. of it. Yeah, it's meant to provoke a reaction. You know, like Molly Crew, you know, putting pentagrams all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, just to get a shock value out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find also when I'm sitting here looking at these different categories. What's missing? Uh, what about culinary arts? Food? Yeah. Cooking is definitely an art form. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you you go to a fancy restaurant, and they've got, you know, the little abstract Jackson Pollock splatters of, you know, some, yeah. you know, balsamic Wait, read vinaigrette the, read the, on there. read the types again. Painting, sculpture, literature, architecture, theater, film, and music. So now, to me, theater and film, that's pretty close to the same thing. I mean, it's, this is like, this is some, I don't know nerd shit where it's like technically yeah there's only these seven recognized by these institutes yeah uh the culinary arts the culinary arts those i mean what about computer programming or like video game design or you know even Mm -hmm. interior design right you know obviously maybe interior design could fall under architecture Mm -hmm. but i feel like some of these somebody just sent was like oh you know what right once Uh, again this is a this this is these are forms based off of recognized by institutions right. who tend to be rigid in their thinking. You know, I think, wh- when was this list created? Um, I don't know how to find that. I'm sure it would be, I'm sure it has probably been revised. Sure. You know, um, but yeah, obviously. If, I mean, know. even photography is not listed and obviously photographers are artists. Mm-hmm. So when did you, know, you see chore- this? Choreographing is artists. When did you see this? Oh, I actually just saw that today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing, um, but uh, I I came across that. Um, but I had thought about a topic of conversation for us to talk about, like, what we feel our, our biggest inspiration of art, you know, really came from and stuff like that. But uh, I... The reason I didn't really bring that one up is because I felt like that could actually go into a different uh, conversation when we talk about how we even got into tattooing and what our inspirations were for that. Well, and and you've been wanting to do that episode, and we will be. Um, I guess we can devote a whole episode from start to finish on our artistic origin stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolverine yeah. origins. But, I mean, you know, if um, we could – Dap would talk about some of this stuff, I guess. Um, what's specific? So obviously, photography and these things. This is where this is where it gets into anything can be art. My kind of mindset with that. Um, anything that's not necessarily an art form, 
can be done in an artistic way. I mean, even menial things throughout the day. I mean, chairs. I mean, these are uh, just things you sit in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, what, what do they call it? Applied art. Well, but there's at, there's uh, artistry and everything. Look at the that's ones Chris designed. is making. Yeah. I mean, she's making unbelievable-looking furniture and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. it's definitely but an art form to that, too. Everything that's made by human hands, or even non-human hands these days, um, the designs for them are deliberately chosen, for the most part, to be, you know, aesthetically pleasing. Because we, you know, nobody wants to be sur- surrounded by ugly stuff, unless you're, you know, into that. Unless you're some kind of hipster. Yeah. Hipsters and millennials. Mm. Terrible people. Nobody talks about hipsters anymore. I'll, I'll to, <laughs> I will have to tell you my theory on hipsters. Okay, day. let's hear it. Um, okay. So. Hipsters be warned. Well, you never hear about them anymore. Isn't that funny? I think they uh, expired. I think they I just like the kinda, bad milk in the back of your fridge. Well, they he, just had to be poured out. Here's my theory, and this is an insight into white people I don't think that's been really... Uh, articulated i don't think it's been examined but um it's i call it kind of i I call it the the wigger hipster dichotomy aren't hipsters just like new age beatniks well pretty much you know it's just kind of an offshoot of of yeah that's been going on for a while but what i think happened was you know i came up in the era of music i was into i was listening to a lot of like rock 108 stuff and by in that era it was like new metal which was the fusion of Rap and metal. Limp Biscuit and mm-hmm. Crazy Town and, and like, stuff like that. There was post grunge. Uh-huh. Um, and then the two thousands you have the kind of garage rock revival. But in that area era, just after it, somewhere in the two thousands, two thousand I'd say around two thousand four to two thousand nine era, um was when rock stopped being the dominant music in, you know culture sure and it was transferred to rap and hip-hop and that was a process that was happening for a while i mean you could say new metal was kind of a a few you know kind of a, a bridge point between you know rock and uh and rap right i mean obviously was um so you know there's this whole thing with you know uh rap and hip-hop that's a uh a, a art form dominated by black people in black culture and so as white people you know you kind of not these days but especially back in this and in that time you had Eminem and pretty much that was it and even then there was this whole ongoing conversation whether Eminem had any right to be in this space and it was this constant I mean they said the same thing about Elvis right but I'm specifically on this point yeah it was this kind of um white dominated art form which you can make your whole we can make our whole argument about rock is actually black whatever. I don't necessarily like that kind of ownership over an art form, but yeah, anyway. I think I think music is music. Well, right, but so I think subconsciously though there was this choice a lot of white people made in their head, and uh, you could either kind of ingratiate yourself into black culture and, and rap and hip hop and like it. And it's an art form I enjoy. I like I like that music. But right. there's always this um, at-arms distance I have with it because it's like this whole, it's not yours. If, you, if you're too involved, you're, you're fake and phony. And there was the term wigger, you know, a white guy acting like a black person. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a derogatory term. And it was, it was 
pretty fly for a white guy, you know, all that stuff. You, you, were, you were still going to be a lame white person at the end of the day. And I think the way people dealt with that is they took on this new form called the hipster. I mean, the hipster, everything, every choice they make in fashion and music, in anything, it's always the obscure, the esoteric, the things nobody else likes. It's a deliberate kind of, hey, you've already said, white people, we're not cool. So we're going to go the opposite direction. We're going to be as uncool as possible and own it. Mm. So the the glasses, the the pants, the... The hats. The hats, the dressing Striped like um, shirts. Yeah. The ironic facial hair. All the all the choices, the aesthetic choices where um I'm gonna be as kind of obnoxious as possible. Mm-hmm. And it really like being called a hipster back then was it was the worst thing you could be called. You know, it was like this snowflake of its time, right? Right. So eventually, um hipster culture, culture, whatever. Um, just got integrated into the rest of mainstream culture, and that's why you don't see it. It's just kind of like any sort of movement, like goths and punks, where it starts out as this genuine subculture, but then it kind of gets eaten up by the mainstream, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of part of, I don't know, visual so, vocabulary or whatever. Apparently, like the decline choices. of the hipster movement, so so to speak, um, it basically was about the early to mid-2010s until 2016 or 17. Yep. When people started kind of like not so much doing that that hipster kind of kind of vibe anymore, and apparently, according to uh, what I just looked up on Google here, there was a another offset group called the Yuckies, and it's the Young the Urban Creatives. Never um, heard of that. Basically, Yuckies are the cultural offspring of both yuppies and hipsters. And bear in mind, this is coming from somebody. <laughs> this is- yeah. Like this theory of mine, I'm I'm a Midwest kid. Like this is coming from that perspective. This is just something I noticed and this is why this is kind of like to me an ex- explanation on on what a hipster is mm-hmm. and the thinking behind it. Like why were they so obnoxious? It's like, well, white people couldn't be cool. Like white people aren't cool. So, what do you I'm pretty what do you damn to do cool. with that? Well, at, by the the culture at large you know, it's a, that's just a theory. Yeah. Interesting. The yuckies, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, I'm also like looking at yucky. this uh, and, and uh, you know, you could fall down all of these different rabbit holes when you start Googling different questions. And uh, one of them, one of them that pops up here says, why are Gen Z so needy? So before I read what Google has to say. About so this is one of those questions you ask. I'm that asking has you, the answer. why would you feel or do you feel that Gen Z are a needy group of people? Why do they seem so needy? Now, also, I'm not saying that we agree with this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, just something to talk about here that just popped up on the screen. And you know, my mind, I'm just like, oh, right. shiny penny. So <laughs> I just found it interesting. Well, it's just the progression of instant gratification. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not an indictment on Gen Z. It's just the the world they grew up in, of having that instant gratification, where anything is at your fingertips at any given time. I mean, just look at food. You mm-hmm. can Uber and um, DoorDash have made pretty much any food 
that you want. You used to have to get in your car and drive and wait in line at a fast food restaurant, hand them the money, the exchange of goods and services. And hopefully they can count the correct change back. Right. But the instantaneous exchange of goods and services has created uh, its supply and demand. You know, mm-hmm. the more supply, like the more demand, the more supply, and it just kind of feeds back into each other. Um, same with productivity. You have to, you know, Gen Z is, is yeah, probably a lot more needy, but you could also say maybe they're a lot more productive as well. Right. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, we just live in a, in a time where information, everything's moving faster and faster. So, And it's hard to keep up with everything. And it's not just Gen Z. It's just they're born into it, and who knows? They might be better adjusted to this than we are because we remember a time when it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's – what does Google say? Um, Well, that actually says that uh, according to research uh, from a LinkedIn study, 76, 76% of Gen Zers want more opportunities to move up or increase responsibilities at work. And this generation shows that they are hungry for career growth and development. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of like, uh, that's a positive thing that I would say is they're, they want growth. Well, it's becoming a smaller and smaller yeah. world. Um, there's less... We're fighting for more, mm-hmm. um, and there's less guarantee. There's no guarantee anymore of having uh, a stable job, a stable career, um, the, the, having upward mobility in that career, having a home, yeah, being able to do the things and have the things that the generations before them had. However, the the downside is more than fifty percent um, within these studies. Um, report uh, higher experiences of stress, sadness, anger, frustration due to climate change, related disasters, um, political events, um, expressed fear and anxiety about the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they are demonstrating a greater concern than other generations. And I think that this is interesting because we had previously talked about how you know, me coming up as a Gen X or whatever, I, I'm in that, like, era of, like, yeah, I, I grew up without the internet. I grew mm-hmm. up with out, you know, having TVs in every single room. We went outside. We played. Like, nobody knew where I was until the lights came on in the streets and I came home. You know, nobody, I didn't have a parent with Life360 on their phones tracking me, mm-hmm. knowing exactly where I'm at and wondering why I'm, outside yeah you know whereas but that nowadays, was pre-johnny gosh uh, a child molester I mean, around every corner right right but in the same aspect i i also feel like you need to raise your children to be smart and strong and not fall into things like getting into somebody's car well the problem or is, anything like that but i can understand how these people are you know nervous about the future i i'm that's today's gen, like day and age. I don't think that's just Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, as a Gen X person, the the guy that doesn't give a fuck about stuff. I still wake up with you know what is probably logistically com- anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I I don't have anything 
that says, yes, you've got anxiety or yes, you've got ADD or you've got this because I've never been tested. I'm not, I, I've never gone to the doctor about stuff like that. It doesn't bother me that much. I just deal with my problems. Right. But I do wake up with a nervousness, you know, every day I'm like, oh, what's, what's going to happen today? Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm just going to get up. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to feel good about everything. And I'm going to try to make fun of the problems that do occur. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's, I guess, my personal way of dealing with stress. But this generation also has their own ways of dealing with stress. Hmm. And you were about to say something, but I kept talking. Um, Oh, yeah, the point about parenting, it's... um... I think it's more and more difficult to raise your kids on your own, meaning the culture at large is going to have as much of a say in how your kid is raised as you are. Probably more. And that's why tying in what we were talking about before and uh, the lost 30 minutes about... The lost I think that's why people episode. get caught up in these culture war bullshit things like um, the country song is because everybody's fighting for their version of what this country should be. Or this mm-hmm. world should be, mm-hmm. and um, because we know it's it's not just us. We can't live in a vacuum. Like we we can in certain respects. We've gotten to a, up to a point, but I don't know. I, I see more people talking about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I mean, which I can't really begrudge anybody because I mean the education system. It's not. It's, we're not getting more competent. Yeah, people out there. See, and I think that's I, by design. I always remember, you know, back when I was a kid, it was like, oh, the homeschool kids, how oh, weirdos. But I'm serious. Like, if I were to have kids nowadays, I would definitely probably, I say definitely probably, I would have to find out how much work it entails. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as opposed to a public school system, I think that you need to have a nice balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and even... uh you know, our coworker, we give her a lot of shit and stuff like that because she was homeschooled. Um, but Ooh. Abby. Oh, that one. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, we give her give her a hard time, but I also appreciate the fact that she dude, she's smart as fuck. So like she did a little bit of homeschool, a little bit of public school. Mm-hmm. And I think it's nice to see that sort of a shared, you know, learning opportunity like that too. So that you get a little bit of that uh you know, interaction with people, but you also can go off the grid, so to speak, because some of the stuff that I feel like our kids are learning is pointless. Right. I mean, especially when you saw, I I mean, I saw, I don't know if it was a comedian or what the other day, but wouldn't you think that all of our math teachers nowadays are probably like, shit, everybody does always have a calculator on them. Yeah. You I know? mean, I think teachers are just kind of out to lunch at this point with how unruly things are getting in the schools, obviously the, the school shootings and whatnot. Um, the fact that um, the education, you know, the way education is funded. Um, and that's all horrible stuff. It's fucking, it's a mess, dude. Yeah. Um, so I just don't see any any reason to hold on to some of these systems that are just, Mm -hmm. they're not doing anybody any good. And they've long since been revealed to be just means of controlling and brainwashing people. And it's just making obedient 
workers. And but so, now these these there's no guarantee of having work. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck is the point? And I think everybody knows this, and everybody posts like lockdown because we had that little taste of giving up. Yeah. And a lot of people are not ready to give it up. I think it took a long time to get things back in a groove, mm -hmm. but there's going to be another one. They've already announced it. Everybody knows they're going to try to pull this shit again. Yeah. Whether or not we fall for whatever the the next big virus mm -hmm. is, I'm sure we will. I'm sure it'll be just another repeat of the same bullshit because well, our I've memories said, are I've so... I've said this before, and I, I've heard that it's going to be like something based out of Brazil mm -hmm. or something like yep. that. So like, if that does happen, and like I saw this thing online like a year ago, and saying that is somewhere in like 2025 or something like that. If that does happen, I'm gonna straight up right there know like, oh, yo, dude, I saw this already. Mm -hmm. They they leaked this. They knew it. It was gonna happen. This is not a fluke. This is real. Mm -hmm. Like somebody did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it, it's curious to me how many people still will fight like tooth and nail about different things and the way that they think that people should or shouldn't react when realistically you just got to live your own life and you got your own life. You, what does that even mean though? You got to just try to be happy with what you have. You know, you were saying in our last 30 minutes, how absolutely lucky we all are. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're we're not living in, I mean, shambles. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're not, like, homeless at this point or anything. I mean, heaven forbid that happens to anybody, you know, and, and, and I hope that uh, it doesn't happen to you. I hope it doesn't happen to me. But we do have a very lucky society that we live in. Well, I think with that living in, in such a being lucky having won the lottery on having a quality of life that's better than 99.99% of human history mm -hmm. does come with a, a responsibility to it too. Yeah. It's not like you've got a responsibility to keep this going and not let the fucking, th the planet fall off his access, right. everything to fall apart. And you shouldn't because, take it for granted. Well, yeah. And that's, that's when, that's why I get, when people, you know me, I tend to be, People think I'm gloom and doom or whatever, you know. I, I Yeah. You definitely give off those vibes. Well you walk into the studio and then all of a sudden it starts like storming out. And I go, Yes, the <laughs> darkness. Excellent. No, you're Mr. Burns, we've established. Oh. But no, what I, but it it doesn't get to Barney. me as, it doesn't get to me as much like knowing all the 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 things going on around you and how it can be overwhelming, but yeah, I, I would rather have to deal with the stress of being just having information overload mm -hmm. and still have like working limbs and appendages and not and having indoor plumbing and like a hospital I could go to. Yeah. And uh, a room where I, I have a room where I can piss and shit. Just just a room for that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people throughout time I tell you haven't what, had that. My mother, and, and I mean, this isn't even like that long ago. You know, a generation ago to me is, you know, my mother tell, told me stories where when she was young, 
they would have to go out to the outhouse at their farm, you know, to go to the bathroom. Dude, even going to a porta john, yeah, is like an ordeal for most people. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not that long ago that people had to put up with a lot worse than things that we we take for everything for granted. Well, remember the the documentary that just came out about Woodstock '99? No, I didn't see that. Well, it was it was about Woodstock '99 and how how bad it was. I remember it was pretty bad. All the rioting and yeah. the fire and literally swimming in shit. Mm. And basically you can describe what happened at that uh outdoor festival and you go, "Yeah, that was all of the middle ages." That might that was like the most authentic ren fair that <laughs> has ever occurred in human history. I they love finally got it right. Fairs. Side, it should be like Woodstock up. 99 for an authentic experience. The only thing that's missing is like a uh, rats, a, people in armor and maces just fucking pelting each other. Like, yeah, hangings and the bubonic plague, gu- guillotines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When have you ever gone to the Ren Fair? And I mean, I go to the Ren Fair and I get funnel cakes. <laughs> a turkey leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get I get nachos and funnel cakes and root beer. I mean, like, do they even have cake in the Middle Ages? Uh, well, yeah. Marie Antoinette, she was like, let them eat cake. But do they make it out in a funnel? No, I guess not. Do they have powdered sugar? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, did dude, powdered there was sugar Starbucks get invented out there. from a there, powdered there was, wig? There was coffee out there. Did somebody, like, kind of pat their powdered wig, and it dusted on a cake, and they went, oh, my God. Oh, it's beautiful. Just put sugar on my wig. and Another and form of art, my- baking. I guess that would fall under culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, thirty minutes lost, but we made up an hour talking about whatever. I'm still mourning it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't like this show, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. I uh, I screwed up, and I'm a Gen Xer, so I don't give a fuck. It was really good too. Yeah, it had nice flow. One subject was going into the other. We weren't talking over each other. Oh, God forbid anybody talk over each other. However, you did say you know a lot. Well, thank you. Did you keep count? I was trying to, but I lost track after like 50. Well, are, so are we doing that thing that we discussed, or is that you kind of sandbagged me the last time we I tried to explain it? Yeah, I don't want to sit and like go back and listen to every episode, though. Well, you don't have to listen. You just have to have somebody keep track. Eh, you could have a listener keep to do track. That. Well, nobody knows what we talk we're talking about anyway. So. Right. I think anybody that's listening is probably just thinking, why do these guys just talk about anybody that listens? I think we had a lot of great ideas. Um cemeteries should be used double as theme parks and putt putt golf courses. Oh, Mini was golf. that during that thirty minutes? No, we were talking Or was about, that since See then? now you're you know you're starting to forget. I explained hipsters. Uh-huh. Uh we talked about art. T- and and we're trying to recap now because I my memory is that this of is a like, Gen Zer. But we did talk about the the golf and the and the cemetery. We talked about the golfing and the dying and the and that being was late to rest. Part. Okay, cool. And the glaive and yeah, at least that got in there because I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I hope somebody someday when I die mm-hmm. makes. A castle with fire-breathing dragons 
as if the 18th every hole. cemetery was something fun, like a Chuck E. Cheese. Why do they call it a cemetery? Should be a funitary. Ah, the you funitary. can get funnel cakes. The funitary. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great too. Cemetery should be fun, and uh, outdoor festivals, concerts should be grueling because they are. Right. Uh, speaking of outdoor concerts, um, we have one tomorrow to go to oh, to yeah. see Clutch and Dinosaurs Jr. Yeah. And then we just got done seeing uh, Incubus. On my birthday. Mm-hmm. That was fun. They came out just for your birthday. They came here just for my birthday. They said, Jason Evans, it's his birthday. Mm-hmm. He's 72. <laughs> 76. He, he might not make it very long. <laughs> he might get not out see there. us. He might not get, not get a chance to see us. Yeah. So. Uh, no, they were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it got me thinking, though. It really made me appreciate that band more. I, I, I always, agree. I've always liked that band. I should like them way fucking more. They should be like the... One of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's kind of like Stranger Things. It's like you watch it and you're like, great, this is amazing. Yeah. And then it goes away and you stop thinking about it. I mean, honestly, like it, it, it was probably one of my favorite shows that I've seen this year. Yeah. And I go to a lot of concerts. I go to a lot of shows. I go to a lot of festivals. I mean, I love festivals, of course, because it's like three days of fun and everything. But... That uh, Incubus, dude, they brought it, man. And they mm-hmm. did those covers of, like, um, they did uh, one by um, uh, Riders on the Storm, you know, by The Doors. And you could definitely tell at that where some of their influences came from. Mm-hmm. You know, they did Come Together by The Beatles. Um, Wish You Were Here after. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they they really rocked it out. I, I was super, super excited. Mm-hmm. And that. the the basis they had was was really great too. Like Andy was, like, oh yeah, yeah, she's killing it, man. Like yeah. she's keeping up with the old shit, and mm-hmm. it was a great great show. It was one of those shows that you you're like it's over already. Like a lot of yeah. shows I've been to, I'm like kind of looking at even bands I like. Tenacious D, I was I like Tenacious D, but they're like, a little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth it to see you almost get arrested <laughs> trying to save the day. <laughs> And that's, oh. I almost didn't go to Incubus because... You thought I was going to get arrested? No, that was why I went. Because you wanted to see me? You know how you get in those things of like, I committed to this, I bought tickets to this, but then you think about driving out there, yep. going to the ticket thing, doing all the walking, and you're like, ah, I could just stay home. But I'm like, no, what if Jason almost gets fucked up by a cop? <laughs> It'd be worth it. It was, being at Tenacious D was worth it for that... For him doing that dumbass shit. So, uh, and on that note, if anybody wants to hear the whole story of well, what happened during Tenacious D, you you try to be a superhero and save the day. Go ahead and comment. Uh, what do we? How how can people comment on this? I guess on our comment Instagram, on, uh, Facebook. I mean, you can't comment on Spotify. Well, okay. So are we are we doing a drawing prompt? Oh, for this one. Yeah. Yeah. What should we draw? I mean, a we covered cemetery? a lot of ground. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of our I, a dream uh, golf plot. Perfect. Our ideal burial plot. Perfect. But with something cool in it, something fun. Maybe I'll put like a a, a jack. Uh, what do you call it? Um, a slot machine <laughs> on top of mine. 
Right on. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool, man. And uh, oh, we're gonna I, get struck. We're gonna get copyright struck for this one. I think I think Incubus is telling us that it's time. Dude, you're to gonna go. ruin this set. So this episode. There you go. Oh, it was less than 15 seconds. Oh, you counted it? <laughs> well, I talked over it, so that's transformative. You too. Right, right. Susan. Yeah. I didn't even think about that when I started playing that music. So thanks for saying that. And I shut it off. That would have been a, another lost hour. <laughs> oh man, we don't want that. What we do want is uh you to have a wonderful night. I don't want that. Alright, fine. Have a wonderful night. Don't have a wonderful night. Do, do whatever what you want. want. Just stay living, buddy.